Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, I've got a good friend um, and a guy that I've actually spent a lot of time with and we've worked together. We've done a lot of different things together. I'm really excited to just kind of, you know, spend some time having a conversation and get to know Tyler Gunter. So, buddy, I thank you for being in the studio and coming on the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, Tyler, you and I met. Had to be, had to be over 10 years ago now at this point, right? We were serving as chamber, chamber boards. Yep. Um, together and and just kind of came together through that organization working on different projects. Yeah. yeah. And you were actually managing a radio station at that point in time. I was, yeah. The family radio station was uh, was my focus at the time. We were, um, it was a re- rebuilding, restructuring time for us. So that was that was where I was at. So a lot of fun. Spent, spent over 10 years in radio and uh, worked my way up from board up through high school all the way up to uh, the general manager uh, when I retired from that. So it's pretty cool. We'll dig yeah, back in. a lot in. of fun. Yeah. We'll definitely get back into that. So four questions that we ask every guest to get the conversation going. Okay. Who's had the greatest impact on your life? Greatest impact on my life. Um, you know, off the cuff, I'd say probably my, my father. Um, he's as fathers are, he's always been very supportive, but very cautious too, right? It's always been, you know, son, you can do, you can go and do, and you can accomplish anything you want, anything you set your mind to. Um, but then on the back end, as I've taken on some of the larger projects in my life, right, it's always been kind of, are you sure about this? Are you, you know, he's always been a great sounding board for me. Um, but maybe more importantly is I've got to, I, I got to watch the way he lived his life and the obstacles he had to overcome and go through in time. Um, looking back, I don't, I don't think there was ever a time where I feel like I didn't have my mom and dad around as part of my life, but, but I can vividly recall the sacrifices he's made so that we had the life that we had. Right. I mean, um, I can, I can remember waking up extra early, like two or three o'clock in the morning on Christmas morning, because we had to, we had to do presents and we had to do everything because dad took a shift Mm. that day. Um, probably looking back, probably to pay for Christmas. Yeah. Um, he took that later on in life as he climbed the corporate ladder, he would still do that, but it was, it was so that his guys could be home and have Christmas with Mm. their family. So just watching, watching the way that went, um, but also the losses that he suffered, right? Um, he climbed a corporate ladder for 20 years Mm. and then realized it was, the ladder was on the wrong wall. Mm. Um, he, he sacrificed and, and fought for, for a company that um, didn't, even, didn't even call to let him go. They just killed access to his, mm. to his retirement accounts. That's how he found out mm. um, that he'd been let go. Um, so just getting to watch that and realizing what I wanted for me and my family in life and, and 
Um, where I didn't want to go was probably more important than where I wanted to go at that time, just watching that. So he's, he's probably had the biggest impact on how I've, I've chosen to live my life with my family, with business, with everything. It's pretty awesome. I've met your dad. He's an amazing person. He is. Yeah. He's a great guy. Awesome. Um, probably while not the most outwardly good at showing emotion, he's probably the most caring, giving, loving person yeah. on the inside. Yeah. Might be a lot like you. Maybe. Maybe, maybe that's where <laughs> I'd get some of this. <laughs> if you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would that be? The, the one thing that's had the greatest impact on my success? Um, probably being a, a constant student, always learning day in and day out, um, hiring mentors, hiring coaches. Um, and I think there's a big difference between those two, mm -hmm. right? Um, I've got a lot of mentors in my life, people who've been where I've been um, that are there to bounce ideas off of and um, seek guidance from. But then um, on the flip side, always having a coach, someone who, again, has been down the road, is somewhere where I want to be, but who can hold me accountable. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot more of that interaction and day-to-day -day stuff with that. But uh, the biggest thing is just getting in rooms with other people, like-minded and, and where, where I want to be and constantly learning just day after day. Every, um, my wife and I have a saying, um, day after day and in every way we're getting better and better. Mm. And just that continual drive to learn and, and progress. What was your greatest setback and what did you learn from it? Uh, my greatest setback was actually not too long ago. Um, I retired early in life. I was very fortunate in that aspect, but that's also easily my biggest setback in life. Um, everything in life is a blessing and a curse. Mm -hmm. um, the blessing in my life was that uh, we made some financial decisions along the way that allowed us to um, retire from a day-to-day -day operation uh, just a few years ago. But what happened was I sold a business. I, I aligned myself with that business. That's who I was. And, and I sold it and we moved to Arizona and we thought we were going to have this great um, time relaxing. And what ended up happening was I lost purpose in life. I lost um, drive. I lost my self-worth. Um, there was a time where my wife was encouraging me like, Hey, you need to go do something. You've got to, you got to get out of the house. Um, you can't sit around you. And I used to have the joke. You'd call me up and be like, Hey, what are you doing? And uh, we'd laugh. We'd like sitting on the couch watching Netflix. Right. And uh, there's so much, there's so much that I lost because I didn't have a purpose in getting up every morning. Um, I showed up, <laughs> I showed up to my wife and I, we were looking at a, a house together. We we're going to go to our house and I dropped the kids off at school and I was meeting her there and I showed up. I hadn't shaved in probably a couple of weeks. <laughs> I was in my pajamas still literally as we're looking at this, this home that we, we might potentially want to buy one day. And, um, I can remember the look on her face was just like, what, who are you? Yeah. Who are you anymore? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I lost, I lost, I lost a lot of who I was. She was encouraging me to, to go out and maybe just find a part-time job. And I didn't even think I had value enough to get a job. Right? I was like, well, I, get, I could go pump gas. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know what I, I don't know what I could have done. I was, mm -hmm. I was circling back trying to figure out what value I could bring to anybody at that point, um, at some, somewhere along the line. So was it, was it really what value you could bring or was it more not getting committed into something too deep? Well, there's both of that, right? Yeah. Um, 
I didn't necessarily want another eight to 10, uh, the pressures of everything. But at that same time, I didn't know if this was, this was a serious internal struggle for me. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I had a, had a, had value. Um, I don't want to say I got depressed, but I just, I just got lost. I got like this little black hole for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was, that was a challenge, but understanding that and, and coming through it, that was a big, that was a big part of it. Like, okay, like you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to brand yourself with something. You don't have to be the end all be all to something else, but you do have to have a purpose. You have to have a reason to wake up every morning and go do and taking your kids to school and coming home is not it. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> mutual friend of ours, Seth Mosley, I heard him say one time, and we'll get back into this in a little bit, because I, I went through the same thing you did in 2014 when I sold my first company. I often say it was the best and worst day of my life. Um, because, you know, that's what we're trained. Like we're trained to, you know, go to school, go to college, get a job, work till you're 70. And then there's this idea of retirement. Way off in the distance. Yeah. And then the next best level of revelation is, oh, I can retire young, retire rich, right? Right. But the real thing, and this is why I spend so much time talking about this at Investing for Freedom, what do you really want? Why do you want it? What are you going to do to get it? Measure results and adjust. Right. Because it's a lifelong process. And it doesn't matter. You know, I, saw, I had, uh, heard some statistics the other day about how many times. So back in the day, it was, you know, the average person would change jobs. 2.3 times in their entire life jobs, right? Like actual yeah, jobs, 40, 60 years worth of worth of employment at, yeah. at two, two and a half places. Right? Yeah. Now the average person changes careers like 4.7 times throughout their life or something like that. That doesn't count how many times they go to different jobs. Right. And so, sure. um, you know, I, I've kind of seen this trend in my own life about every, and I, I think it accelerates as I get older too. Um, but about 10 years is like a good, I mean, that's a good solid run. And there's that saying that, um, you know, we tend to, we tend to overestimate what we can accomplish in one year, but we tend to underestimate what we can do in 10. Right. Um, so you're bringing up some really great things that I want to make sure we circle back on, but I went through the same thing in 2014, best and worst day of my life. And it's because we've achieved that you retired, right? That's like, that's the goal. Then what? Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of lose that sense of purpose. So right. Uh, I don't want to wax over this. So how, what, what did you learn from that? I know you kind of touched on it already, but I want to go a little deeper on that. Well, I learned, I learned that, um, your value is not derived from your profession. Um, I learned that stagnation creates, um, regression and that scared me. Right. Um, when we talk about every day getting better and better and, and education and moving forward, right. That all just stopped for me. Mm. Um, so every, you kind of talked about it a little bit, right? There's this, there's this vision that's, that's ingrained in us for so long about retirement that this is, you know, you work so hard, especially traditionally, right? You work so hard to get to your golden years where you can enjoy all of everything you've built up, right? Um, and unfortunately, in our golden years, we're not in the health and, and wellness that we were mm -hmm. in our younger years, yeah, right? Such a good point. But in my younger years, right, I thought I was like, we're going to be traveling all the time. We're going to be doing all kinds of great things. My kids are still in school, mm -hmm. right? Um, we, had a, we had a brand new baby mm. that we had to, we had to focus on. Um, 
we've got some some health issues with with our kids that we have to resolve and things like that. So we got we got tied back a little bit. But what I realized in all in all, it's like be careful what you wish for because you might get it. Mm. Right? Yeah. I wanted to retire young, retire early. And when I got it, I realized I got to, I did exactly what my dad did, right? I got to a place and realized that I had my ladder on the wrong wall. That's not really what I wanted in life. I want a purpose. I want to wake up and I want to, I want to build teams. Like, I love that part of it. I love, I love empowering people and getting them to where they want to go. I want to create, right? I got it. I have to have something that I can be working on and doing something that excites me. Mm -hmm. Um, Retirement is not just this blanket thing where, you work and then you don't work, right? Retirement is getting to a place where you want to be and doing what you want to do. And so what I had to realize in this, in this time of regression is where do I want to be? What do I want to be doing? And how long do I want to do it for? And like you said, maybe it's, a, maybe it's six months. Maybe it's 10 years. Maybe it's 20 years. Maybe you find something that you just every day becomes, wow, I can't believe I get to do this, yeah. right? And so that's, that's my biggest lesson is like, it's not, it's not static. It's not one thing. And we used to talk about this all the time, dot, dot, dot. So what it changed. Yeah. Right. Maybe, maybe today this is what the passion is and tomorrow something comes up and it's like, man, okay, great. Let's do it. I love that dot, dot, dot. So what it changed. It's so good. Um, you know, one of our people are going to get tired of me saying this, but Barry Liparelli is a mutual mentor Mm -hmm. of ours. And you know, he always says, get off your can, do what you can and can Can the rest. rest, It's just like, um, the reason why I just share that so much is it's just, it's, I know it's simple, but it's so profound too. Like, yeah. you know, you're not, you're not a tree. Just get up and do something. Yeah. Or like he says, get up, <laughs> get off your can, do what you can, can the rest. That's what you did. You literally pulled yourself up off the couch and right. went and made some changes. Right. And you snapped out of it quick. It was, it was fast. And I think a lot of that has to do with because you instantly come back to what you love. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so coming back from that, I was like, oh, okay. I do have value. It came back to me. I realized, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, I can contribute. Mm-hmm. I can learn, right? There's things here that I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah, so. that's so good. You know, um, there was nothing on the external. That was all internal. It was all internal. Absolutely all internal. And it was, nobody, nobody in my world was telling me I couldn't do something or I couldn't, right? It's all, it's all here. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. Yeah. That's hard to overcome that by yourself. Um, you were there for me mm-hmm. in those. I can remember pacing back and forth in front of my office, many of phone calls with you. Just we were discussing some of this. You went through it, like you said, back when you filled your first business and mm-hmm. these realizations and, and how to how do we get past that? You're gonna have somebody in your life that you can bounce those things off of, right? Yeah. Um my wife is that way for me too, but sometimes you need to hear it from outside the house, right? Yeah. So well it's easy. <laughs> it's easy like when this is the familiarity right like sometimes you just need somebody to it's easy when you hear it every day or you see it every day that's where i mean we can grow familiar as friends or you know even even students of mentors like we can get familiar with that mentor but right. even more so with a spouse i think like uh, no absolutely need somebody because their their mentoring could easily come across as nagging or pushing you down or whatever. And I'm not saying that that's what it is, no, but, but, but absolutely right. Sometimes yeah. you need that outside. I never finished my thought on Seth Mosley. Um, and I was starting to say that in 2014, I sold my business and went into the same place and said it was the best and worst day of my life. And I heard him say, I literally have it written in the front of a journal that I actually keep 
on my desk because um, it's, it's a journal that I had when I was in the Real Estate Guys Mastermind. And there was so much that was changing in my life then and so fast that that journal is like one of my most valuable journals. But on the front page of that journal, this was so impactful to me that I wrote it on the front page. Um, Seth Mosley said, we grow weary in the waiting season. Yes. And that yes. just, when I heard that, I was just like, wow. Yeah. That was so impactful to me because sometimes we're in periods of transition or that waiting season that you were in and we're not good at waiting. No, no. Especially for active minds, active bodies. Um, not active. I mean, we can talk about this later too, but I'm, I'm, I'm not on a health journey, right? I want to be, but I don't have the strong enough why yet, but active body is in getting up and doing something every day and, um, active mind. I think the worst thing for it is stagnation, mm. right? Because it wants to work. It wants to go. It wants to solve problems. We're, we're, we're genetically made to solve problems. Mm -hmm. And when you don't put a problem in front of us, um, it's a tailspin. You, you just, you slowly go backwards. And the longer you do that, we go weary in the waiting, right? The longer we're going to do that, the worse that black hole is going to get, the bigger it is, the harder the suck it's going to be bringing you down into it. So little contrarian point there, and I don't disagree with what you just said, but, um, do you think that maybe, so just back to that statement, we grow weary in the waiting season. Um, you know, we are designed to solve problems. I get that. We're designed to problem solve, but you know, that this is that caveman brain, right? Like we're always about to die. Um, we're not good at just being. No. And so I think when Seth Mosley said that about, we grow weary in the waiting season, there's periods of time where we need to just be. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about for years no, at a time, right? No. Or like yeah. laying slow, on the couch. Slow stagnation. times of rest, right? Yeah. Um, I remember, and you'll remember this too, but you know, when I sold the company and then I was looking for what was next and I'm growing weary in this waiting season. And then this opportunity comes in front of me to buy back a certain division of my previous company. Actually, I didn't even have to buy it back. I just had to take it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just, here, have it. Here, have it. So, you know, um, and I remember vividly, you know, Kara saying, I just don't think it's a good idea, but you do whatever you want. And I'm like, well, how much do you think it's not a good idea? Right. <laughs> like, um, she's like, just whatever you do, whatever you want. And so I took that company back and um, within a few months, I think, I find myself in the, I met the real estate guys. I met my current partner. I joined this mastermind. And I literally remember just sitting at this event with Kara. You actually sent me the link to syndication, yeah. um, the real estate guys syndication event. Um, and it was like a week away. And so we just, you know, we jumped Dropped on it. We and went. went, yeah, we got on a plane. Kara and I flew to Phoenix and went through this two-day event, which was amazing. Um, but I remember sitting through the inner circle, um, I'll call it a pitch. It's not really a pitch. They're just offering the, the inner circle. And I remember, um, Kara telling me, you got to do this. And it was a big financial commitment. And I, I remember, I remember going to breakfast with her the next day. And I said, the only way that I can do this is if I find somebody to run design concepts, which was the construction company. And so we like restructured everything and we hired, um, Jen at the time mm -hmm. from the chamber. Um, but here's my point in this. I grew weary in the waiting season and I jumped back into something that I should have never been involved in. And I ended up actually giving that business away to a subcontractor who just continued to rent my building. So it was basically like, here, you can have this, just keep paying me rent. Right. Because I grew weary in the waiting season. Yeah. So the reason why I'm bringing that up though is like, we're not very good at, at just being. No. 
So there's the other side of that. I'm not saying just be stagnant. Do you call it stagnation? Yeah, stagnation, right? Yeah, yeah you just and 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 I don't know. Maybe maybe in that moment, right? You saw something. You're like, "Wow, I could do this," right? And you and I are really good at seeing big visions, right? Well, it's, like, either, oh, net, it's, it's so either Netflix or just take back this business. I ran out of Netflix. It was <laughs> it was over. So then what? No, yeah, but yeah. Take yeah. Do I just take this back? Because you can see the potential, sure. right? But is that the best use of your potential in that moment? And who knows? Yeah. Right. Um, looking back, probably not in that moment, but definitely maybe, not. But it, but it served a purpose too, no. right? To, to teach me a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Some of the, we're learning every day. Yeah. Right. Um, you said something too, I, I, about your wife, isn't you said, you said she, she pointed out, you need to be a part of this. Isn't it amazing how much they see in us that we don't, we don't always see. Yeah. Um, it's common, common thread in my life for the last couple of years, right. Is self-value, self-worth, you know, um, you and I have talked about this a lot, you know, you, did I, did I accidentally get successful? Right. <laughs> totally. And, you know, am I successful despite of myself, yeah. any of this stuff? Right. So, um, I lean really, really heavily on my wife. She's my, she's the best partner I ever could imagine. Yeah. Um, because she sees in me what I don't see. Yeah. And she's there in those moments. Um, her gut is so on point always. <laughs> she's there in those moments, much like maybe Kara is for you mm-hmm. to say, you need to be a part of this, right? Yeah. Um, on this new adventure, Tamara looked at me and says, you need to be, you need to do this, mm. right? And it's like, God, you're right, I do. Yeah. I do, I need to be there. Um, I, I think that's the key in not growing weary in the waiting season. And that's kind of, there's that middle ground. That's actually, that's a great middle ground there because we're not good at waiting. Mm-hmm. And they're very good at waiting. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that, I'm not taking away from their intuition at all, but we're so like just driven and moving and we're looking, we're out hunting for opportunity. Right. Rather than being in the waiting, there's nothing wrong with the waiting season. This was the point that I was really wanting to drive home. There's nothing wrong with the waiting season. We just grow weary and tired because we've lost our value during that time. So again, I'm not talking about, you know, two years, three years, five years, but sometimes we just need to be too. We need Mm -hmm. to learn how to slow down and just be right. Um, and that's really hard for guys like us. Yeah. And sure. girls, girls well, like sure, us. Sure. Absolutely. Right. Just yeah. anybody of this, the similar mindset, right? Yeah. Yeah. What is the piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most? Well, that might be hard to, to narrow down. Um, most recently it's been, um, I alluded to it earlier too, with be careful what you, what you wish for. Every, every blessing is also a curse. Mm. Um, and there's so, there's so much to that, right? Um, I use marriage or partnership with my wife here. And I'm, the blessing is right, I'm no longer only responsible for myself, right? That's, that's, a, that's a wonderful feeling. The curse is I'm no longer only responsible for myself. Mm. Um, kids. Kids are some of the most, in my personal opinion, some of the the best blessings given to us in life. It's also the most terrifying responsibility I've ever had in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, business is the same way. Business brings us tremendous blessings. Um, I couldn't do, I couldn't do anything that I do today without my companies. But on that flip side, I've got a lot of people relying on me making the right decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Not only, not only employees and team members, but I've got, people who, whose livelihoods are homes 
depend on me making, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get to live in your house if I make a stupid decision yeah. and lose it, yeah. right? Um, everything in life is a blessing and a curse, and you got to be really clear and really careful about what you want in life mm. and what the cost is, because everything comes at a cost. So, Ty, you know, we talked about the Netflix scenario and losing the purpose and yeah, being on the couch. So what advice do you have for the person that's not where they want to be? Maybe they're working in a job or a career. Maybe they're retired. They've lost their passion. Yeah. Um, you need to, as, as our friend Barry would say, get off your can, do what you can and can the rest. You need to get out. You need to seek the advice of those who are close to you and find out um, the things that make you tick because you can't see it. I didn't. I mm-hmm. couldn't see it. Yeah. Um, I was in a real tough spot. Um, I reached out to you, right? You were one of my close advisors, obviously my wife, but you have to be cautious there because um, how that's delivered and, and, and where you're at in life with them too. I trust my wife implicitly. Sure. And, um, she shared great advice, but you need to, you need to find people who, who you've interacted with closely. Um, you and I worked together for a lot of years. You know me very well. We've discussed a lot of our common interests. Um, I've shared a lot of my goals with you, things like that. And, um, you know, we used to joke, I think we talked about this a little bit. We used to joke, you know, you'd call me up, Hey, what are you doing? And I I was sitting on my couch watching Netflix and and you'd almost call me on that bullshit. Right. Mm -hmm. You'd be like, Hey, when are you going to get a real job? What are you going to do? When are you going to do something else? (laughs) Mostly because I wanted you to come to work for me. (laughs) (laughs) Which, which, which ultimately, um, ultimately that's, that's what came of it. Right. Um, but you gotta, you gotta get out and you gotta, you gotta, you have to, you have to trust the relationships you have and you have to you have to almost force honesty from the people who are closest to you because Mm -hmm. more often than not, we don't want to hurt people. Right. So we don't always, we don't always give them the, the feedback that they need to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, So you got to be very selective about who you ask, but, but you have to demand of them that they're going to tell you the truth and not just what they think you want to hear. Um, And then you have to, then you have to get off your ass and go start doing something, right? Totally. Um, so, I, Tony Robbins says, "Where focus goes, energy flows." Um. So, what what changed in like what changed in you? What changed for me was I finally realized that I needed. I was stagnant. I was going backwards. I was regressing. And I realized that I needed a challenge in my life. I realized that I had to get out there and start doing what I loved, which was building teams, mm-hmm. which was um, solving problems, which was getting in and in, into the weeds of something and, and starting to disassemble it and rebuild it and recreate it. Um, so you, you called me up several times, but one, one in particular, and you called me up and you said, hey, uh, you ready to come to work yet? <laughs> And I, and I think I, I looked at Tamara and I said, Mike wants to know if I want to come to work yet. And she said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and that's where I was at too. Right. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for another challenge. I'm ready for, um, more opportunity and new adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was tired of, I was tired of being where I was at. So for our guests that don't know you, um, you have rental properties, mm-hmm. um, you have an insurance agency that basically runs itself. Right. Yeah. Great team. Great yep. team of people. Um, you've got 
you've got a great amount of passive income. As you've said several times, like you literally retired. That's why you found yourself on the couch. So why right. would a guy like you, why would, why would you be working with our company? Tell, first off, tell us what you do for us. Yeah, I'm, the, uh, I'm, I'm in charge of all of operations for Park Place Communities. Uh, my handle, uh, the 35, the operations of the 35 communities that we operate in, all 13 states. Um, I handle the construction company for all of our in-house remodels and turns and, and uh, making, making homes like new. Um, I, I'm in charge of all the processes and, and the team here corporate and getting them on the same page, rowing the same direction, doing what we need to do. So that's, that's, my, that's my task here with Park Place Communities with, with you and Andrew. So why, why does a guy who's retired and has the passive income and retired young and retired rich, what, what, what drives you to go to work with a different group? Purpose. Purpose and drive. That's, it's what I'm, I'm genetically made to do. I want to, I want to get in. I want to um, fix things. And I want to win. Mm -hmm. Flat out. I, <laughs> right? I want to yeah. win. Yeah, I yeah. want to win. Um, I'm driven by... By accomplishing things, um, which I don't talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't. I want, I want to, when I'm done with something, to, to step back and, and almost admire it. Like, wow, I did that. Um, when I built my, my property maintenance company, mm -hmm. right? That was, that was a big moment for me when I stepped back and I was like, I was like wow. Like, I, I started that in the middle of uh, on December 31st, negative nine degrees outside, the mm -hmm. worst possible time, snow-covered mountains. Yeah. And within two and a half years had a business that, that was turnkey that I could sell. Yeah. Um, that was, that was a big deal for me to be able to take it from, from scratch to, to fine polish and be able to walk away. What, what do you think? Um, obviously you've got an appetite for risk or at least you're not scared for right. it. Um, so back to your dad, you were talking about, you know, your dad and his path. Do you think that, that's who you are because of what you saw or do you get that from somewhere else? Cause I think a lot of times, you know, like my mom, my mom's very entrepreneurial. Um, I see a lot of me and her and a lot of her and me. So get that from grandpa or where, where do you? That's an interesting question. I don't, I don't know that I've ever, I've ever looked at it that way. Um, I think I, this is going to sound cheesy as all can get at. Um, I was in marching band yeah. in high school. Um, and that same level of pride that, that came from competitive marching band um, is, what I, is, is what I feel when I'm doing this stuff mm. here, right? Mm. Um, now, whether I had that, no, you know what? I had that as a kid too. I had that as a kid. Everything I did, I wanted to be the best at. I wanted, whether it was, um, you know, racing our bikes down the street with the, yeah. with the neighborhood kids, you know, I had to be in the lead. I had to be the guy that, that was doing it. I had to have that drive. Um, if, if I had my lemonade stand on the corner and the guy across from me, um, did something, did, uh, you know, and then I went, I went to the store and I bought sodas and I was selling mm -hmm. sodas too. And I had cookies and I had, right. I had to level it up and, yeah. and do it. So I don't know where that comes from. I, I don't, I know that my parents have never discouraged it though. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they encouraged it, but I know for a fact they've never, ever discouraged it. Yeah. And it's such an interesting thing to watch too, because I think some of this goes back to, and I'm not saying that every single person out there is entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have people that are listening to this show right now and they're happy being an employee. They're, they're, they're challenged in their job. They have their purpose there. Um, that's what I kind of wanted to point out. I mean, 
you're you're a W two employee right now. Right. You just happen to be a very successful one yeah. um, who's part of something bigger than himself. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Right. And the, and it's got. Some, I mean. Yeah. It's something I can win at. So I'm not. I'm not saying that you know everybody's entrepreneurial, but at the same time, if your purpose, if you're not finding purpose in what you're doing, what do you what do you say to that person? You got to make some changes. You got to make some changes. Um, and I want. I kind of want to go back a little bit because you. you I don't know that there's necessarily a distinction between being entrepreneurial and being an employee if you're building something, right? To me, entrepreneurialism, I know it's, it's business ownership, it's this and that, but you can be, you can be an entrepreneur under somebody too, right? Um, There's a term for it. It's called intrapreneur. There you go. It's an intrapreneur. <laughs> there it is, right? I'm, I'm here doing what I love. I'm building something, mm-hmm. right? The key there is I'm doing what I love, yeah. right? It's not... It's not I'm doing this because this is what society says I have to do, which is something I fell into the rut of, right? right? I'm like, I have to do it on my own because it's me. Mm-hmm. No, I just, just get up and do what you love, yeah. right? Um, there's a backside to that. You know, do more of what you love and the money will fall. Well, not always, right? Yeah. I mean, if I love to sit on the couch and watch Netflix, we'd be having a very different conversation sure. right now, yeah. right? Um, I love to hang out with my kids, but that doesn't mean doesn't that it make, makes me money. It doesn't necessarily make <laughs> yeah. me any money, right? It makes me a better yeah. person, makes, uh, yeah. but but not going to not going to bring home a check to take care of the mortgage, right? Totally. So, it's good stuff. So, there's something that you triggered in my mind earlier, um, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately. There's values and then there's goals. And I think a lot of times um we have these certain goals that we've set and this is why adjusting is important. But I think you were talking about health. Mm-hmm. And how you haven't set goals around health or making health a priority? I haven't, I haven't found a strong enough why mm. for my health goals yet. Um, I, on a surface level, I have it, right? I want to be around for my kids longer. I want to be active in their life. I want to, um, but for, for whatever reason, that's not enough to get me off my keister to go to the gym, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's not enough to get me to stop eating the Twizzlers. It's so, yeah. <laughs> That's where I think the values and goals, the differentiation is. So like when you were sitting on the couch watching Netflix, you may have had a goal um, to make money, but you've got that. It's passive, right? Right. But you didn't value, you had lost your value. I mean, you, you weren't valuing your own time. No. I wasn't. You weren't valuing, valuing your own worth. Not at all. Not at um, all. And so even when it comes to health, like I've just been thinking about this a lot, so I wanted to banter about it a little bit, but um, the long-term health. Do you value being around your children long-term? I do. I do. Um, I, not only my children, but my children's children, mm-hmm. right? I want to be, want to be there for that. Um, I was blessed to have great grandparents in my life up until just two years ago. Um, I was blessed to have great, great grandparents in my life up till only three years ago. Mm. Um, I want to be the great, great grandparent that's actively involved in my kids' and my grandkids' and my great-grandkids' lives. Um, but that I think part of that problem is it seems so far out there, too, mm-hmm. that it's not an active now kind of thing. So i gotta, I got to find a way to make that. How, how is now relevant to 80 years from now, right? 90 yeah. years from now. Well, you can't set a goal to live for 70 years, right? No, you can, you can have a dream, to, right? For me, like I want to be 120 mm-hmm. at a minimum, right? And then I want to, I want to fall flat dead running, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. But yeah, you can't set a goal, right? It's out of our hands. We don't get a choice in that moment, right? 
But it's like FM Alexander said, right? This is what I'm talking about with values and goals. Um, people don't decide their futures. They decide their habits and their habits That's determine their futures. Yep. That living to 80 and being around your grandchildren is a value. Um, waking up every day with purpose and getting off the couch is, it's a value, really. Yep. And if it's not value-driven, you got to set goals around those values. And right now, so you're back to work. Right, back to work. You're fired up every day. I am. I am. Most days. Up. Yeah. No, I am. Right. I get up. I get up. I get. I get to. I get in and get to work, and I'm loving that, and getting moving. Um, but I'm not physically active. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I wasn't really. I wasn't really harping on your health. I just wanted to bring back the values and. Yeah. Yeah. And and you've got to you make a great point, right? I mean, we have to make choices today that will impact the future, not not set a goal. Great case in point, right? I, I set a goal. We talked about, it. I set a goal to be retired early. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know how that was going to come to be, but then you start doing things to get to that point, right? You start reading different books. You start surrounding yourself by different people. You start um, hiring coaches and, and, and mentors, depending on which direction you're heading. And then eventually that becomes the reality, right? Mm -hmm. And so, Maybe, maybe that's where it starts. And maybe this, maybe I'm just in the beginning of my journey for health right now. Um, I've put it out there where I want to be. I've put it out there why I want to be there. Now it's maybe these incremental baby steps of just saying, okay, well, take this little step, one little bit at a time every day and, and I'll get there. I don't know how, I don't know what it'll look like. I don't think I'll be a bodybuilder, but <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, maybe I read up on it. Maybe I start hanging out with you and I have a mutual friend who's been inviting me to the gym uh, for several weeks now. And I keep putting them off. Maybe, maybe I just need to say, yeah, man, I'll be there. Where, when are we going? What are we doing? Yep. So. What does freedom mean to you? Wow. Freedom. Um, freedom to me is choice, right? Being able to, to, to choose where I'm at, what I want to be doing. Um, freedom to me is being flexible, being available, um, not having, not having dictation as to where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing at any given time. I like it. When did you realize you did not have the freedom you wanted or does it always change? That's interesting. Um, I don't, I mean, I've found elements of freedom, but I don't think I'm, maybe this is, maybe this is just my, my mindset of always having further goals. I don't know that I've ever achieved the freedom that I that I want to have. Right. Um, for me, it's probably ever changing. It's, it's growing. It grows like we grow, right? You get to a point and then you realize that there's more to go. There's, there's, there's avenues of life that I didn't even know and understand because it wasn't even a part of my world at the time. Right. So, I mean, I would freedom to me at this point would be hopping on the private jet and going and landing on my ranch in Colorado for, mm -hmm. for a few weeks to, to go enjoy the mountains. But, yeah. um, Man, I've never, I've never really thought of, I've never really thought of it in that context. Well, you and I used to ask each other the question. We pondered this for like a year and a half. Like, when's enough enough? Yeah, and the reality is probably never because, no. and this is, it's got such a negative connotation out there because so many people think, oh, you're never satisfied and you're never happy and you're never fulfilled, and that's not necessarily the truth. Well, we struggled with this for, like you said, like at least a couple of years. Mm -hmm. where we're like, oh man, you're right. You know, maybe, maybe we're being greedy. Maybe we're we want too much. Maybe. Um, 
well, comes back at what cost, right? And we, we were starting to associate negativity with, with that growth. But on the flip side, if I'm, if I'm genetically encoded to continue to grow and drive and push, mm-hmm. what happens to you when enough becomes enough? You lay on a couch and get depressed you and do. watch Netflix. You do. Because you don't have a purpose. Yeah. It's not really about things. Mm-mm. It's about drive and purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It's I growth. It. Yeah. So when's enough enough? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. What freedom do you protect more than others, i.e. time, money, or do they all play together for you? My family. My time with my family. Um, I almost lost, almost lost my whole family. Um, man. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know this. I, we had a very, very difficult first pregnancy with, their, with my twins. I have a boy and a girl. They're eight years old. They're our twins. Um, my wife has some health issues with, with blood clotting. And, um, when the twins were 10 weeks in gestation, um, my wife started bleeding Mm. and it was terrifying, right? I I mean, hours in the ER feels like months of just waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, and she, she was put on extreme bed rest. At one point, our, our OB told us to just get up, live life and let nature take its course. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's not how we, how we are at a core. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank God we had a, an amazing midwife at the time that encouraged us to give, give our babies the best opportunity that they could possibly have. And that meant a lot of sacrifice. Um, that meant Tamara had to, to leave her job, mm-hmm. right? This is actually a lot of the drive why we started getting into investing the way we did um, and, the, and the speed at which we did it. But she had to leave her job. She was on extreme bed rest. She could get out of bed for five minutes a day. Hmm. That includes going to the bathroom. That includes any showering. So she'd shower two or three times a week, max. And I'd, be, I'd literally be there with my phone saying, hey, you got two minutes left. Um, drove her crazy. Hmm. Um, we built a kitchen in, in the bedroom so that she could just literally reach over and grab something. And so we did that for a while, and it worked. It was great. She had placenta previa, the, the, where the placenta pulls off of the uterine wall. Hmm. Um, it, it healed itself as, as the twins grew and, 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 and it expanded it. Yeah. Smashed (laughs) it back up against the wall. Um, but then it, at, at 32 weeks, 31 weeks is what it was. 31 and a half weeks, which is two months premature. Mm. Um, she started having regular contractions and we went into the ER and, we were told that she's in active labor and they were doing everything they could to stop it. But the, the community we were in, um, while they have a lot of great facilities, they did not have uh, the means to handle a uh, two month premature baby, let alone two. And so we were, Tamara was life flown to a nearby hospital in Salt Lake city. Uh, I got in the car and drove that, that night to get there. She actually was in active labor for over a week. Um, and when that time came that, we couldn't stop anything anymore. We couldn't slow it down. It was, it was time to go. Um, they rushed her into the emergency room for an emergency C-section. And, um, I can still, you and Kara came to visit too. And, and, um, you know, you'll know what I'm talking about when you're, you're sitting there and you, you can still see the machines, you hear Mm -hmm. them, right. You've got the babies everywhere. And so she's on the operating room table and I'm looking up at this monitor and I'm watching her heart rate. Um, you know, drop, come back, drop, come back. Her oxygen levels go away. And, and this, this intern um, anesthesiologist who's 
on the phone every 45 seconds with his instructor saying, okay, she's doing this. Now what do I need to do? Because they were packed. This was an emergency. This mm. was not something they had planned. So he's in there doing everything he can. And thank getting, God. Getting trained on the phone. Yeah. Thank, but thank God for yeah. him. He was there. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, in that moment, I almost lost my wife, my two kids, right? I hadn't even, I hadn't even met him yet. I'd talked to him for months, but I'd never met him yet. And I can remember my son coming out and screaming and you know, all it was, was, okay, dad, get a picture. And then they passed him through a window and he was gone. And then my daughter came out and she wasn't crying. And they said, dad, quick picture took it. And she was gone. And I, I don't, I didn't know if she was okay. I didn't know mm-hmm. if, if she was alive. And then my wife started going into all kinds of craziness and everything else. And I'm just sitting there in this moment. I'm like, I don't have any control over any of this. I have nothing. There's mm-hmm. nothing I can do to help her. There's nothing I can do to help my kids. And so knowing how close and how easy it is to lose them, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's a split second. I was, I was from my happiest moment in my life. I'm going to be a dad. I get to hold my kids today to where'd my family go mm-hmm. in a split second. So there's nothing in life now that'll take me away from, from my time with them. Um, I am, I'm, I protect that. Very, very heavily because mm-hmm. um, I don't know how much time I get with them. So definitely the time, the time aspect yeah, is the most It's important. the time. It's the time. It goes back to the health. I, don't, I can say I'm going to live to be 120 and this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I've, got a, I've got a father-in-law who lives with me now. Mm-hmm. He's only 65 years old. He thought he was going to live to be 80 or 92, mm-hmm. right? I don't, I don't know what life means or I don't know what life looks like for him for the next 10 years. Yeah. We don't get a choice. Right. It's when our time's up, our time's up. So those I'm daily not, actions. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not giving that up. Well, it's such a valuable point too, because you talk to so many people that, you know, say that they're working the 12 hour days and seven days a week for their family. Right. When in reality, that's a load of crap because your family doesn't care. Um, you know, they don't care how much money you make. Um, yeah, they, they care the time and the memories that you made with them. Yeah, so. the reality is you're, you're working that hard so you can have the house, so you can keep up with your friends, and you can mm-hmm. have the car you want and things. It has nothing yeah. to do. I mean, unless you're working 12 hours so you can take six months off and go travel the world with your kids, right? Good point. That's, yeah. but, but it's not, right? What's one way you use leverage to gain more freedom? Oh, man. Um, the many ways, right? I've, I've leveraged relationships with people, bringing partners in, um, investors, leveraged money. Um, you know, I, I couldn't have bought, I bought in, in one deal, I bought a, a mobile home community and 27 homes. There's no way I could have just paid cash for that at the time, especially. So I leveraged, I leveraged all my resources, literally all of my resources in that deal. Um, so I, I leveraged time. Mm-hmm. Right, you get 24 hours in a day. At that, in, at that point in my life, you know, 20 hours was was utilized for bringing in income and creating income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, what don't you leverage? Yeah, to to get where you're going. It's good. Leverage is a bad word sometimes too. Like I think people I think talking about that negative connotation. People think that that's a bad thing, but you and I leverage our relationship. Sure. Right. Yeah. All the time. And not, not in a negative way. Yeah. It's in, normally it's in a positive for both of us. Yeah. So. Yeah. Leverage is, uh, it's like a pulley. Yeah. Yeah. It makes everything easier. Yeah. Totally. It's a tool. What's one thing you used to do yourself and now pay someone else to do to create more freedom that has had the largest impact? 
Well, that's had the largest impact. Mm -hmm. Wow, I was going to go easy and just say like lawn lawn care because I I used to do lawn care all the time and it was such a waste. But to have the biggest impact would be I, I have to it has to be the operation of the companies, mm -hmm. right? I mean, sure. totally right because when we're starting out and when we when we acquired and and everything else, right? I'm in there, I'm in it all the time, and then I put somebody in place. To, well, how many people? How many employees are at your insurance company? Six employees right now. Yeah, so yeah. I mean. The, yeah. Could you do the job of no. six of them? No, right? It's putting people in the right place to do it. That's mm -hmm. that's probably the biggest the biggest thing. I love it. So Ty, circling back to um, the story, you know, almost losing the family, and um, bring me forward on that. You had made a comment during when you were sharing that story that you know that's what drove a lot of the passive income. And so, where were you at then? And what have you done since then? Like, bring us, bring bring us through the journey. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, when we were, when we were pregnant with kids, I was a W2 employee. I was working in, on, with your team, um, in, in plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and I was living paycheck to paycheck, trying to, trying to get by, trying to keep up is what I was trying to do with, um, societal norms. And that realization in that moment with almost losing everything that the reality is, is I figured out what what was valuable in life and what wasn't right. And everything that I was working towards suddenly had no value, the house, the vehicles, the, um, the societal norms mm -hmm. going back to that. What, what became very clear was my kids and what became even, even more clear is that I didn't want to give up any more time with them than I ever had to. Mm -hmm. So I started in that moment working my way into where I didn't have to put in the time every day to get, the time I wanted with my kids. So, um, when was that? That was seven years ago, eight years ago now, Okay, eight years ago now. And within a year, um, I, so this is funny. I actually bought my first, actually bought my first rental property, my first home, uh, while my wife was in labor. <laughs> <laughs> we literally signed paperwork together while she was in the hospital. Um, and I realized in that moment, like, okay, one at a time is great, but it's not going to get me where I want to go mm -hmm. fast enough. Yeah. Um, so within a year, I picked up 27 more homes, wow. the, the 33 space mobile home community. And Did, that, were you looking for a mobile home park for like 10 years or how? No, no. As a matter of fact, um, it was just timing. You had, you had, it had actually been presented to you, mm. um, but you had just finished a deal and you're like, you're like, this looks, this looks nice, but I'm just not. It's, it's not the right time for me. <laughs> I didn't have the guts. No. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so you set it on my desk and I looked at it probably for a day and a half. And then I was like, you know, I should just call on this. It seemed out of my league at the time, honestly. Mm -hmm. Right. I looked at it. I was like, God, oh, that'd be great. But maybe what I did is I called that number out of exercise, mm -hmm. right? I wanted to learn through the process. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to buy this, this community. Mm -hmm. The problem is I made that call. I got the rest of the information and then I realized that I couldn't lose this deal. Yeah. Right. It, it was just too good. Yeah. So, uh, went out, put together, put you didn't, you never paid me my finder's fee on that. I'll get you. I'll okay. get you it's down right. the road. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. I put together the documentation. I went out and met with, met with the people I knew might be interested in, in being leveraged. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just hit the ground and, and fought and made that deal happen. How much money did you put down? $5,000, I think, or 500. I can't ever remember. On a, so what little. size deal? 
$1.1 million deal. Wow. That's a story for another day, but uh, yeah, that's, um, a, that's a home run. <laughs> and all this came from your drive and desire to, to spend more time with my, yeah, with my family. Cool. Yeah, cool. absolutely. Keep going. Yeah, sure. Um, so, so did that and then, um, realized that I'd be able to retire, but I wouldn't be able to continue growing. And so I, I stayed with your team for a while. You transitioned. Um, at that time, that was yeah, 2014. You, you stayed at my company longer than I did. I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Not too much longer. Yeah. Um, and and in that transition, realized that you know what, maybe it was time for me to transition too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I I started talking to uh, another friend of mine, and we we came up with this harebrained idea that we could wash windows, and that would be enough for us to um, keep growing and and do it. And I had the security of the the investments that I had made already, but. Um, I thought I could wash windows, spend some time with the family. Life would be good. And so in December, we created that, that company, um, worked really hard inside it. Um, six months later, uh, we got to a point where my partner and I realized that this wasn't going to support both of us. Mm. And, um, he had a brand new baby on the way too, and, and had some different, his direction changed too. Mm -hmm. So bought him out. And at that time I took the initiative to, to go all in again and bring in more staff, bring in more things, go out and do what I was good at, which was selling and, and get more contracts of long-term day in, day out kind of stuff and built this company up to the point where I was able to uh, make it turnkey. And then I sold it for, I can't remember the exact 160 times my initial investment. Wow. Something that's amazing. Something crazy, right? That's awesome. um, Yeah. So um, did that. And I think I found your buyer. You did bring you've, listen, you. This we're I, getting a common did thread I ever, here. Did I ever get my? Uh, it's coming. Did I ever get my? It's coming. Fee? Yeah, it's coming down the road later. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, that's so you sold that business. Sold that business um, while we were building that business. My wife, my wife's background is insurance, mm. um, and just it's funny how these things come together, right? You put something out there, mm-hmm. and then it it explodes normally. And it shows up in ways that you couldn't even imagine. Yeah. So Tamara and I were laughing and joking. I said, you know, I think I'll get my life insurance. There's some great tools out there that people could use. I want to bring it to them. And so we went to Reno for uh, a training Hmm. and we're driving back and I just in my head, I'm like, you know what? In the next four years, we're going to have an office. We're going to have property and casualty, which is auto and and home insurances. We're going to, we're going to be expanded. We're going to have a team. We're going to be doing all these great things. And she goes, well, you know, I still have all my licenses. Hmm. And I'm like, oh man, we're doing this now. Yeah, like yeah. I got excited yeah. and uh, I came home and I, and I sat down. I think it's really important to have the right team. Mm-hmm. I sat down with my accountant and was kind of just running through this idea with him. What are we doing? Where are we going? And he says, you know, I might know somebody hmm. and it's somebody you've done business with before. And this goes back to relationships. Yep. And it wasn't me. It I wasn't did, you this time, okay. this was, but you introduced me to him originally. <laughs> 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 so um, this person was looking to, to sell his insurance office probably in the next four years. Mm. And I met with him and, and said, Hey, I want to do this in the next six months. Um, and again, I didn't have any, I didn't have any money or anything I got. So I had to go out and I had to go out and find it. I had to go out and make it work mm-hmm. and, uh, bought an insurance company and we've slowly been expanding that ever since as well. And, wow. um, so that's, it's just, it's afforded me. It's funny because you look back and you think you worked so hard and you did all this stuff, but it's such a short, short gap in time, right? Yeah. I, I was, I was um, intentionally out of balance for a very short period of time, mm. right? Whereas normally you get unbalanced for a long period of time, right? Mm-hmm. Like we were just talking about, you work 12 hours a day, um, six days a week sometimes to, because mm-hmm. you think you're 
doing this for your family. And then you spend four years in your retirement with them while they're taking care of you. And then you die <laughs> here. And it sounds terrible, but that's, that's, that's a lot of what happens. I mean, my, yeah. my father-in-law retired six months ago. Mm-hmm. It was a forced retirement. I hope we have a long time with him, mm-hmm. but the reality is in his health, we, we may he's not. Right. Know. So he's that guy. And so I was intentionally unbalanced for a few years in spurts so that I could have all the time I want with mm-hmm. my family now. Such an amazing, uh, you know, story. And it's been fun to watch. Um, you know, the one thing that I'd like to point out, I, I think Ty and I are a good example. So many people are scared of partnerships and working with friends and doing business with friends, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the thing that I want to say is it's like anything else. I mean, if you keep the boundaries straight and, um, you know, everybody's got open and honest communication and everything else. I mean, I think we're a great example of you can work together and be friends and you can be partners and be friends and you can call each other out on your bullshit and right. still be friends. Right. right? And, it, and it's not always easy, right? You yeah. and I have had, you and I have had some pretty serious conversations sure. and then it's done. Yep. And we anyway, go get a beer yeah. and we go, we go hang out. Yeah. Right. It's, it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. That's yeah. if we were the same people, we wouldn't work well together. Right. Right. We got to, those, those kind of tensions are going to be there, but it's possible yep. if you set the boundaries and you respect the people that you're partnered with. Right. Yep. And I would say that's the same in any relationship, whether it's, you know, parenting or whether it's husband and wife, whether it's business. But Absolutely. I wanted to point that out because, um, you know, I've learned a ton working with you over the years and um, just watching your journey has been fun. I appreciate you, you know, just being candid with us and sharing the story of the family and pulling that together at the end, what you've done, because that was amazing. Um, you know, watching that eight years ago, it feels like 20 years ago. I but, know. You, yeah. You look back and you're like, wow, is that only, Yeah, it's only been this long. Yeah. That was a tough time. Um, but you know, so many, so many of our best things that happen to us in life come from those times. And, um, you know, I think the thing for the listeners that we really just point out, I mean, whatever it is at whatever level they're at, that passive income, um, you know, you said the time freedom with your family, mm-hmm. figure out what's the most important to you. Maybe it's time, maybe it's money, maybe it's possessions. It doesn't matter. Right. That's your thing. And that's why it's that formula. Right. You decide what you really want. You decide why you want it. You decide what you're going to do to get it. And we can help with tools to measure. Right. But, um, so I appreciate you being candid and just sharing. Um, it's amazing what you've done in eight years. And um, I just can't thank you enough for just sharing all that with us. Thank you. And thanks for making me cry on your show. <laughs> <laughs> um, if people want to get in touch with you, how do, how do they find you? Oh, man, best, best way to go is probably just uh, social media. Get me on Instagram at the Tyler Gunter. Mm-hmm. And Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, I'm there too. <laughs> cool. I think I think I'm just Tyler Gunter at, on Facebook, but um, yeah, we share a lot of great tidbits, wisdom. I share a lot with my family cool. and the the adventures we're going on, and so yeah, hit me up. Nice. Well, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you. All right. If you found value in this episode, and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.